Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. Today, I'm just going to, I want to share with you some things that the Lord has really laid on my heart. He's He's been cultivating something in me over the last three months as we come into 2019. And obviously 2019 or a new year, a turning of a new year, it's always an opportunity to evaluate your, your life, your heart, um, your, your goals and what God, you want to see God do in your life in 2019. But I, I just, I, God's doing something really special in my heart. And today I just want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about some things that I believe God wants to do in you. And in us, and in us as a church. And this is not a vision message. This is, this, is, this is a little deeper than that because I believe we as a church, God has a tremendous vision for us. But he first wants us to do something in 2019. And this is what I believe God's called us to do and to be as a church family. I believe that God has called us in 2019 to get healthy. To get healthy. And that's one of the areas I believe God's been challenging me. And every moment I say that, you start thinking, oh, shoot. Um, I know, okay, we've got to eat more vegetables and go for a run and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Which, yes, that's part of it. But it's not all of it. Because there is the reality that, that God wants health in every area of our life. Jesus said that I've came. I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. What does that mean? What does it mean? If, that is, if that's why Jesus came, what does it mean? And so as we step into this, this 2019, all of us can look back over 2018 and say, you know what, I wish there were some areas of my life that were healthier at the end of this year. And, and it's a natural time to do. It's a natural time to look deeply into our lives. And, 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 and we, maybe we can look back and, and say, you know what, um, I, I, wish, I wish I was physically more healthy. I wish I was spiritually more healthy. But there's even greater, greater steps than that. Is the, whole, the whole idea is that God wants to make us healthy in our whole being. And what makes us who we are as an individual to become healthy in our marriages, to become healthy in our relationships and friendships, to become healthy in our physical bodies, to become healthy in our finances, to become healthy with our emotions and, and really who we are, to become healthy in our mental capacity or mental health. And, and, and really so many times health takes a back seat. But as we come to the, to the 2019, I guarantee you everyone in this room recognizes that there's something in your life that could be healthier in 2019. All of us. And I want you to know, God wants it healthier as well. No, no one steps into, <laughs> into the new year and says, you know what, I just, I just really, I, I just wish me and my spouse would have fought a little more in 2018. No one looks back and says, you know what, I wish I, wish I would have gained a little more weight. No one looks at 2019 and says, you know, the goal is, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to ask the Lord to help me get in more credit card debt in 2019. Nobody says that. Why? Because we know that's not healthy. But I'm believing that through the power of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Word of God, that 2019, God's going to give you a fresh start. God's going to do something fresh and new in your life, in the key areas of your life. And I'm believing God to bring health in every area of your life that makes you who you are. 
And these are all these areas. It's a holistic approach to what God wants to do in our lives. When Jesus came to give us peace, shalom, what does that mean? It means that every area of our lives and to, and to apply his principles in every area of our lives. And so this is what this whole series is about. Today's the introduction into that series. It's going to be challenging. It's going to, it's going to kind of maybe rattle our cage a little bit. But it's, all, it's a good rattle because it's what God is doing in us. Because he has so much for you in 2019. He has so much for your family. He has health for your marriage. He has health for your finances. He has health for your, for your emotions. He has health for your, for your mental, for your mind. He has health for you and he is health for this church. That's his desire. And he's asking us to take a step to lean into him and to allow him to bring us to a place of health. And so this is what I'm excited about, that the power of his presence wants to change us, wants to transform us. The power of his word truly wants to cut us and heal us and, and separate wrong thoughts from, from right thoughts and then highlight right thoughts and let's apply that to our lives and let's see us live those out in our everyday life. So I want to talk to you today about charting a course for a fresh start in 2019. Everybody say fresh start, fresh start. So the simple question is this, if, if I was to ask you a question, what, what would you like to do or how would you like to be different in 2019 than you were in 2018? And you're going to have some homework today I'm going to ask you to do and to go home and write some things down and talk it over with some of your close friends or your spouse or, or whatever that may be. But all of us have things we'd like to do differently in 2019. And this is where the journey begins. We all want to begin to, if I was to say, hey, write down some goals that you want for 2019, all of a sudden we begin to evaluate. Naturally, any time a year clicks over, we think about our evaluation for that year. And I, I, just, I just didn't want to, you know, so many times you think, well, I, I'm not going to, because everyone does that. But I believe the Lord says, I want you to do this. I want you to look into things in your, in your personal life and in the life of the church. Because this is what you need to know. God blesses a house that's in order. God blesses a house that's in order. If your house is out of order then it's very difficult for you to see the blessing of God manifesting through your home. If, if, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's relational, God, God blesses a house that's in order. But he also gives us the grace to get our houses in order because he's a loving, caring God. But it's the, it's the house that's in order that opens up the doorway of, of God's blessing into your life, even into your finances as you begin to give regularly to God. It is it, what you're doing. You're setting your finances into order. And then all of a sudden, as you set them into order, you set priorities, right? All of a sudden, you begin to see God's blessing flow in your life. Same way, marriage, relationships, physical health, mental health, and emotional health. So this is where this journey begins. That and we, We're not going to look over 2018, and what we seem to do is focus on the negative. I wish I would have done that different. I wish I would have done that. Listen, we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is look at 2019 and set positive goals. This is what I want to see happen in my life in 2019. So setting goals is a very powerful thing because anytime you begin to set goals, you naturally begin to look at where you're really at. And so we're going to chart a course. It's going to be a great, great series as we step into this introduction, but then we're going to take specific messages throughout the next several weeks on how God wants us to be healthy through his word and what he's challenging us to become. 
But John Maxwell is a real, he's, he's, people call him a leadership guru. He's a great man of God. He's, a, he's, he's pastored for many years. But this is what he was writing out some things on, uh, on, on charting out your, your course of your life. And this is, he, he wrote a little acronym from Roadmap. I just want you to see it because it was very helpful as I was, I, I was looking at it this week. And he just, he wrote out Roadmap, but then everyone, he, he gives a, a sentence. The first one, R, is this, recognizing your dreams. So how do you chart a course of 2019? One, you need to recognize what you want. And today we're talking about setting goals for 2019. What are those goals going to be? And so you recognize your dreams. It becomes the beginning of your journey to 2019. The next one is you observe your starting place. Well, before you can recognize where you need, where you need to go, you need to realize where you really are. And that's part of the journey of just evaluating. Listen, this is where I am. Financially, this is where I am. Relationally, this is where I am. Emotionally, this is where I am. And this is God's desire for you to become healthy. He wants you to be healthy. He really does. The next one, articulate a statement of purpose. This is just about writing some things down. It's just, just out of uh, Habakkuk, this whole idea is that if you write a vision down, then people can run with it. That's the whole reality of it. Write it down, you can run with it. So articulate. The next one, define your goals. What are your goals? What's the purpose of your goals, which we're going to get, look at in just a moment. The next one, move into action. Once you write them down, take a step, begin to do something about it. The next one, adjust your plans. In other words, if, if you're going to achieve what's in front of you, you're going to have to make some adjustments now. And the last one, the P is this, point to success and celebrate. This is celebrating what God does in your life. And so this is just, the, just a, a quick thing that I thought was really neat, helpful to me. But I want to talk to you about the benefits of setting goals for 2019. Setting goals, number one, the benefit is this. It helps you become what God has created you to be. Every one of you was created specifically, uniquely with God's, with God's hand on your life. No one in this room has the same fingerprint, the same voice identification, the same eye recognition. No one, which is crazy if you think about over 7 billion people on the planet. You were created uniquely. God has a specific call for you. And 2019 is the year you begin to walk in that blessing of a call that God has for you. But when you set goals, you begin to align your life with what God has called you to be. Again, in all of our lives, we live in tension. And I say this a lot here. We live in tension between God's grace and his promises and our responsibility. It's that tension we live in. It's, it's, it, listen, if, if, if I got a, had a job and it was going to pay me well, if I didn't get out of bed and go to work, how many know I wouldn't get a paycheck? There's that responsibility. The job is a blessing. Everything is there. But I have to begin to walk in that responsibility. God has promises for you. He has promises in your relationships. He has promises in every area of your life, your spiritual life to grow and take steps forward. But we do have a responsibility to walk that out. All of us do. And it's as we apply those principles in our lives, we begin to see the blessing come true. This isn't about works. It's just about being biblical and following the biblical principles. So for all of us, God's created us to be a certain way. He's created us to, to achieve certain things. And so when you begin to set goals out, it allows you to become what God created you to be. Listen to what Paul said after Paul, Paul lays out this, this whole idea of the amazing things about God and what God has for him and what God has for us and, and all these things. And this is Paul. Paul is like the, he's called the super apostle. He's like the great, he's, he's had the most 
influence on the kingdom of God outside of Jesus. He, he just has because of his church planting and the word of God that God used him to write. But this is what he says, not that I have obtained all of this. In other words, I, I'm not there yet. In other words, I've got some work to do. How many here know that you have some work to do? Raise your hand. You raise your hand. Okay, good. We're all in the, we're all in the right room. We've got some work to do. So I haven't attained it or have, I haven't already arrived at my goal. So he's living with a goal in mind. But I press on to take hold for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, I've got some more work to do. God, I've, I, I've got some more effort to put in here. But one thing I do is I forget what is behind and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize to which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so this whole idea, Paul lived with a goal in mind. And what is God's goal for you? And I believe it is to understand and to embrace and to walk in his blessing and the fullness of his life that he has for you. It doesn't mean we're not going to go through struggles. It doesn't mean we're not going to ha ha go through difficult times. It doesn't mean we're not going to have questions along the journey. But what I do know is this, is that God has a tremendous plan for you in the confines of his principles in the word of God. And so the reality too is this, if you don't set goals for your life, probably someone else will. Circumstances will set goals for your life. And so we will end our lives or we will live our lives always being reactive instead of responding, instead of making decisions. Decisions or goals help us to make decisions that move us closer to our goals. If you don't have goals, then you're tossed about by every, every circumstance, every conversation, every relationship. You're just tossed around. And so you seem to be like a ship without a rudder, but goals give us the rudder. And so if you don't have clear goals in your life, the reality is you're coasting. And the only way you can coast is if you're going where? Downhill. The only way you can coast is to go downhill. And if you're coasting, guess what? You're going downhill. This is what Paul said. Paul said this. He says, I've set my goal. I strive for my goal. I move towards my goal and I keep my eyes focused on the goal. And this is really, again, this is an introduction into God wanting us to really look at our lives and set goals and say, Lord, help me to achieve them. This isn't about humanistic goals. This is about partnering with God to live the life that he has called you to live. Second benefit of setting goals is this. It awakens and stretches your faith. This, this, is, this is the reality. When you set goals, it stretches your faith. In other words, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you set a goal, you say, God, I'm believing that. That's, what's, that's what I'm believing means. God, I have faith that. That God, you, you want me to accomplish this. Lord, you want to help me achieve this. Lord, you want my marriage healthier. God, you want, my, you want me to, to be able to parent my children better this year. God, you want my finances in order. Lord, you want, you want my, my mental health to be better this year. God, you want me to become physically healthy so I can bring honor and glory to you as long as I can possibly live on this earth. It's saying, God, I believe this is what you want in my life. 
It's putting, it's, this is you're putting yourself out there. And, and you'll feel it when you begin to craft some goals down, begin to write some things out for, for the new year. You'll feel your faith kind of begin to elevate. As you articulate things, it does something to you. You begin to, it begins to narrow your vision. You think, you know what? Yeah, this is what I want. This is how I want to accomplish it. And here's a verse that will stretch your faith. As you're writing goals for 2019, this is what you need to know. This should stretch your faith a little bit. Ephesians 3.20 says this. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to whose power? His power that is at work within us. So here, here's, here is the, um, Paul out of Ephesians saying, listen. God wants to do more than what you can even imagine. So you think, Lord, I want a healthy marriage. Lord says, listen, I've got a healthier marriage than you've ever, ever dreamt of. Lord, I'm just asking you to bless my finances. Man, that's great. I've got, I've got a blessing for your finances that you've never even dreamt of. He, it is higher than anything you can imagine. Now, listen, I, I have a crazy imagination. I can dream things. I can be, I mean, I can think, yeah, God can do that. What I love about that is that if I can dream it, God can do better. So don't be afraid of dreaming. Don't be afraid of leaning into God and asking God to, to break through in your life. Don't be afraid of that. Because wherever you're at, God's like, I can do better and I'm going to help you get there. This is the beauty of a good God who calls us, who, who knows us by name and invites us into a life that's actually worth living. It's worth living. Now, n notice this, this, this whole idea out of, uh, out of Hebrews 11. Also, this, in Hebrews 11, it says this, which Hebrews 11 is called the great, it's the hall of faith. And he, he, he talks about all the great people, great men and women of God who did amazing things. And this is before, before the writer tells us who or what they did, it says, by faith, they did this. By faith, they did that. It doesn't say by their ability. It doesn't say by their strength. It doesn't say because they had a connection with Uncle Bob's cousin who allowed them to get that job, then God used them. No, no, it doesn't say any of that. It says by faith. They leaned into God. They begin to say, God, you're all I need to accomplish what you call me to accomplish. God, I don't need to know the right people. I don't need to come from the right family. I don't need to, to, to have all the money in the world to accomplish what you call me to do. If that's what you're calling me to do, by faith, God, I'm going to believe that you're going to get me there. This whole idea, you hear it a lot. You know, hey, listen, it's not uh, what you know. It's what? Who you know. And I always heard that. I said, you're right. I know God. I know him. And he says that he holds the heart of the king in his hand. He says that, that, that no, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I know God. And if I know him and you know him, that's the only connection you need. He will do whatever he needs to do to get you to where you need to get when you need to get there. Amen? That's your promise. And so just, I just want you to hear my heart this this, this message is, is different. It feels different to me than what some of the other ones I, I'm, I share with you is that my heart for you is this. I want you, I love you, and I want you to experience the best life that you can live in 2018. Sorry, 2019. I want you to succeed in life this year. And I just, I want to encourage you. I dare you to dream with God. I dare you. 
to, to instead, of, instead of just saying, well, this is just the way it is. It's just, why well, I just got to live my life this way. And I guess it's always going to be that way. No, it's not going to always be that way. Because God has something tremendous for you in 2019. Let's stop thinking small. Let's stop thinking that, that God, you know, well, God, this is just what I am. And, and you know, I'm just too young, God. And uh, I'm just too old, God. Or I, I'm not handsome enough. Or I'm not pretty enough. Or I'm, not, I'm too broken. Or, I've been, God, I've been divorced. Don't you know, God, that you can't use people who've been divorced? Don't you know, God, that I was abused? And God, I, I, I'm just too hurt. God says, I want you to dream with me. I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. Your past does not define what I'm going to do for, with you and for you in the future. Listen, that is any gospel who, that asks the past what God can do with you and for you in the future is not the gospel. God has for you great things for 2019. And he's just asking you to trust him. Another benefit of making goals is this. It helps you prioritize. Helps you, helps you structure some things. Reason, reason why you set goals and it helps you prioritize, it also helps you to focus your energy. It keeps you from wasting your time, wasting your money, wasting your energy. You get so scattered and so wide on trying to do everything that you're not focused at all. You, you, you got to focus. You got to bring some things. You got to bring your goals into line with what God wants to do in your life. And so that's what you, that's part of my, my encouragement to you is to begin to write some goals down. What do you want God to do in your life spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, and financially? What is it that God, you want God to do? And so this whole idea, it's just like a light. If, if, you, if you don't focus the energy of a light, it can cast a large kind of beam. And so there, it goes wide and goes wide. But if, you take, but if you take that light and you focus it and you keep focusing it, the, the reality is this, it begins to have more power. Diffused light has no power at all. But when you, when you focus it, it has incredible power. The, the sun is the same way. The sun, yes, you can, you can feel the, the warmth of it. But if you get a magnifying glass out, guess what? You can burn some stuff. Remember when you were a kid and you get the magnifying glass out and, and you begin, you like set some grass on fire, then you put it out because you're afraid, oh shoot, I can't believe that happened. Or you burn bugs, you murder bugs with that thing, remember? <laughs> That's what happens when you, when you focus, when you prioritize, when you make goals. All of a sudden you, you begin to move things forward that you never could before. And so we have so many distractions in our life, so many demands. You got to do this. You got to be there. You, you got to look this way. The, you you got to do this at church. And you got to do that at church. And you got to do this. And you got to have this. And all of a sudden we're so wide in our lives that we have no focus and we have no power. And the Lord's saying, listen, I want you to set some goals. I want to help. I want to help take the resources that you have, what I've given you, and focus it. And if you will prioritize what I've given you and put it into my hands, I will focus it. And give you great results in your life. So we don't have time to do everything. We, all, we, we know that already. We don't have time. But here's the good news. God doesn't expect you to do everything. He just expects you to surrender to him and allow him to help work out some goals for you in 2019. 
There's, there's really only a few things that are, that are worth doing, if you think about it. If you think about your life, think about all the elements of your life, your family, your work, your finances, and, and really you can boil life down to about four or five major things, maybe even three. And that's what you're to be effective at. The key is to be effective in life as a, as a woman of God, as a man of God. It's to do what matters most and allow everything else to just, just take a back seat for a moment. Goals help focus your life. Priorities help focus your life. 1 Corinthians 9.26 says this. Paul writes this, therefore I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. Now, I'm, just, you know, I'm, just, I'm just out for a, for a stroll and Paul wasn't like, I'm going to go do this and then we'll see if I feel like going here. I, no, no, he had a very specific goal in mind. He doesn't run aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. In other words, I've got a purpose and I'm going to grip, I'm going to grab it. I, I'm going I'm to grab that, that, that thing by, by the horns and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to let it go. And that's what Paul, that's how we, he, was, he was living his life. He said, I'm not messing around. I'm not playing around here. I'm not pretending I'm boxing. By golly, I'm boxing. And when I box, I'm going to box to win. When I, when I run, I'm running to win. I'm going to hit the goal. I'm going after it. Listen, I'm not, no more, 2019, I'm not going to have a dysfunctional marriage anymore. I'm going after it. I'm going to fight for my wife. I'm going to fight for my husband. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm getting it. That, that's what Paul's talking about. Prioritize. Prioritize. And begin to move things forward. It's too important. Your life is too important to let another year go by, to come to the end of the year, to be in the same place you were last year. It's too important. God has too much for you. He has things he's waiting to give you. He's having things he's waiting to give you breakthrough. And here's, here's the reality. He's inviting us to work with him. He's not going to do all the work, but he's inviting us to work with him. And where we are weak, his power will be made perfect in our weakness. It's this, it's this combination, grace and our responsibility. This is what God has for all of us this year. Number four, benefits of goals or setting goals is this. It enables you to endure pain. In other words, your vision gives your pain a purpose. Your goals gives your pain a purpose. There's a purpose behind it. Goals help you. Look, look at uh, Hebrews 12.2, speaking about Jesus. It says, for the joy set before him, he, Jesus, endured the cross. So, so it, the cross wasn't his goal. It was the, the other side of the cross when mankind would be reconciled with God. When, when through his sacrifice, through the cross, on the other side, Jesus would enjoy the joy of living inside of us. Enjoy the joy of seeing lives transformed and people's lives that were a wreck and a mess be brought into a place of peace and life. That's what Jesus, that's the joy. It was the goal after the cross that allowed Jesus to walk to the cross, suffer the cross, and continue going. And that, why he did it, the joy was you. That you were the joy. The joy set before him, he endured the cross. And he pushed through. And the reality is this, goals, goals aren't the issue. You and I could sit down and write goals for our lives all the time. Follow through is the issue. Plan is not the issue. Execution of the plan is the issue. We all know that. 
Vision is not the issue. It's the execution of the vision that's the issue. And that's why we need to keep our goals in front of us because the goals enable or enables you to endure pain. It gives your pain a purpose. And this whole, the whole idea is, listen, all of us, this is why, <laughs> this is why gyms are packed on January-ish and February-ish because by March-ish, people aren't there. They felt some pain and they were like, I'm out. They thought, Ma, this is good. The first day, man, I feel great. Second day, you're like, ow. I don't like pain. I'll go again, I guess. And then, ow. They think, you know, I'm good. I mean, a vision gives your pain a purpose. Same way with your marriage. You go to get some marriage strengthening and you sit down with maybe a counselor to strengthen your marriage and, and things are going great. And then all of a sudden something pops up. Mm. We got to talk about this. That's painful. Then you get home and you're like, I think we're good, babe. I mean, that was really helpful, but uh, I, we're good. We're good. And so all of a sudden the goal, what, you, gotta, you, you don't keep the pain as your purpose. The goal is your purpose. The vision is your purpose. Listen, man, that was tough. But I'm committed for us being healthy. And I'm going to endure this pain. I, that, was, that was rough. You know what? I didn't realize you felt that way. I'm going to do everything I can for us to work through this and be healthier on the other side. you got to allow health to be your goal. Let health be your vision. And then it will give your pain a purpose. Without the vision, your pain doesn't have a purpose and you get tossed about by, by, by every wind, everything that's going on. And some of us were running without a goal. And so we're running in circles. And we're caught up in, 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 the, in the race. But God wants us to, 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 to have a goal so it helps us endure our pain. I was reading in a leadership book earlier this year about leadership. And this statement, the whole premise of the book can be summed up in this. Your effectiveness of a leader is directly connected to your threshold for pain. I thought, well, that's encouraging. In other words, if, if you will be as effective as a leader, as you will be just as effective as a leader as you can endure pain. The more pain you can endure, the more effectiveness you're going to be as a leader. I thought, oh, Wow. That's, that's the reality. Goals give our pain a purpose, though. I was at a conference, and um, John Maxwell walked out on stage, and he, and he stood there, and he, he kind of he did his arms like this. And he just stood there for a minute. And I've shared this with you before, but it fits this, this, this message today. And he said this. He says, everything in life, that your dreams, your goals, it's all up here. Everything, it's all uphill. But the problem is we have uphill dreams with downhill habits. We have uphill dreams with downhill habits. And so we, we want to achieve this. We want to reach this. We, we you know, I, I want to be out of debt. But it's Taco Tuesday. We always go out to eat on Taco Tuesday. <laughs> But, I mean, God wouldn't want me to give up Taco Tuesday. But it's, it's Sushi Sunday. We always do sushi on Sundays. And you're like, yeah, but my goal, man, these up here, I'm going to be out of debt by the end of 2019. Here it is, right up here. But we have downhill habits. 
Because in order, and here's the, in order, in order to not spend money, you got to say no to yourself. And we don't like saying no. I don't, I don't want to say no to me. But I want it. I want it now. Listen, meatloaf Mondays at home are just as good as Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't know so many of you liked meatloaf. But that's just where we are. <laughs> and we got to come to grips with that. We really do. We have uphill dreams, uphill goals, even as a church. Man, I, but we have downhill habits. What matters is that we achieve what God has for us. And we die to ourselves. And we begin to die to ourselves. We begin to crucify our flesh. And say, listen, I'm not, no. God, I believe that's what you have for, for me, for my spiritual life. Listen, what happens is, is you, it's, it's painful. You got to, oh man, I, I don't have time to, to spend time with the Lord. And, but I'm going to make time. So you got to wake up a little earlier. Or you got to go to bed a little later. Whenever it is that you meet with God. And, and yeah, I don't have time for that. But you got to set time. I'll say, oh, it's painful because it's not convenient. And, but you do it. You do it again. You do it again. Before you know it, you're like, man, I can't get through the day. You can't, you can't wait to go and meet with God. As you come to the place, he's like, I've been waiting for you. And all of a sudden, well, that which became what was the downhill habit that you couldn't do now has become something that's natural in your life. That's what happens when you begin to die to your flesh. And you begin to pursue God's goals and his purpose for you. And that's the same way with, with being physically healthy. Your first time you run a mile, you want to puke. You're like, oh, that was horrible. Like, that's my hell is a treadmill. That's what it's going to be. If I went to hell, that's what it would be. A treadmill. And talk show television, I'd have to watch it. But then you run a mile and you're like, oh man, I, I can't do that. And then you do it again, you do it again. And you're like, hey, I don't feel like puking. Then you run two miles. Why? Because you, you have this goal in mind. The goal in mind is I, I, I don't want to die at 45. The goal in mind is I want to be healthy. The goal in mind is God has, God has called me to live as long as I possibly can live on this earth. That's what he's called me to do. And it hurts. I got to say no to food. I got to say no to just laying around. I got to say, I, I got to do something. And then you get to three miles, and you're like, by golly, and then you're three and a half miles, you still puke. But then you keep running because you, now you see the goal. It's there's something that just keeps moving you on. Goals give your pain a purpose. It's important to keep them in front of you. Number five, benefits of goals is this. It develops your character. This is a big one. Develops your character. Because you set the goal out, you begin to, to, to pursue the goal. And we begin to walk out. This is, a, this is a, again, an introduction to what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks. That I believe God wants to do something in your life. Hebrews 12.1 says this, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Just so you know, endurance is not natural. You know what it takes to increase endurance? To keep running. 
Endurance means I don't want to grow, go anymore, but I'm still going to go. I don't want to work on my marriage anymore, but I'm still going to do it. I don't want to, to deal with the reality of this addiction in my life, but I'm going to keep pushing forward. I don't, I don't, I, I, the pain of, of, of coming to grips with, you know what, we're just living outside of our means. We're going to have to pull some things back. We're going to have to say no to ourselves. How, how do you gain more endurance? By saying no to yourselves time and time and time and time again. And answering God saying, listen, I've got, I've got something great for you. Keep walking. Keep enduring. Keep pressing through. This isn't about what really we accomplish. Though we are pursuing that, though we're believing God's going to meet us there, truly what this is about is that that. that that what happens inside of us along the journey is more important than actually reaching the goal. But then when we reach our goal, we realize we're a different person than when we started out. That's what God does in us. God's more interested in our character than he is our accomplishments. And that's, that's what God is saying to us. Listen, we're not going to take our success to heaven. We're not going to take our home. We're not, going to take, we're not taking the physical body. Those things are important. But we are going to take our character. And so in, in the process of, of leaning into things and trusting God to do something and break through in our lives and whatever it is that God would speak to you today when you go home, maybe speaking to you now, the process of that is from me, from where I'm at now to where I need to be, God is going to be with me. God's going to be working in me and through me. While I'm striving towards the goal, God is working on me and we become a different person. That's where maturity comes into Maturity doesn't happen when we just live on this flat line. Maturity happens as we are pressing forward to achieve and to reach all that God has for us. Just as Paul wrote, I press on towards the goal. That's what his desire was. And so how do we know how to choose the right goals? Just real quickly, how do we choose the right goals for us? Because it matters what goals we choose. And these are just some guidelines for us, and it could be very helpful. One, you choose the goals that are rooted in love. In other words, here's the question. By me accomplishing this goal that you just write down or have in your heart right now, in order for you to accomplish that goal, will it, will it help people or will it use people for your goal? That's why, that's why Paul said in Corinthians 4, 14, 1, he says, let your love be your highest goal. In other words, why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing it to build your name? Or are you doing it because you want to honor God through your life? Because if, if, if your goals aren't rooted in love, what happens is that you begin to treat people as projects. You begin to treat people as, as commodities and you can move them around. And, and that's, that's never what God intended. You're going to run over people to get to your goal because the goal is not the purpose. It's the journey. Is your goal rooted in love? Because if your goal is rooted in love, then you're able to achieve and pursue a goal that God has for you. So this whole idea, it's not about success. It's not about the accomplishment. In most every person's life, the struggle where everything comes into, it's about relationships. It's about people. And the goal here is that are your, are your goals rooted in love? Because it's about learning how to love along the way. So just ask yourself that, that question when you write your goals down. Is this rooted in love? Is this rooted in my love for God? Or is this rooted in my love for me? Nothing wrong with wanting to physically get in shape. But the reality is, God, I want to physically get in shape. Because you created me and made me to, get in, to, to, to be healthy. 
spiritually, God. You invited me. God, I want to grow spiritually so that I can bring honor to you, so I can draw near to you. Lord, I want to, I want to mentally be healthy. And so, God, help me to do that so that I can honor you because it's rooted in my love and my passion for you. Second guideline of choosing the right goals is this. Choose goals that bring honor to God. Just choose goals that honor him. That's why um, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Do it, do it for Motive is everything. Everything. Motive is everything. It's everything. Why do we do what we do? If you lose your why, you lose your way. Why are you doing what you do? Why are you pursuing it? This is a big deal for me. I'm always looking at my motive. God, what's my motive? What's my motive? And I, you can be doing the same thing. One person can be doing the same thing. One have a different motive than the other. One has a godly motive. One has a selfish motive. And what's going to happen? There's going to be different results. Even for me, when I prepare a, a message and, and I, I, I just ask God to use me and to, and to touch your life, I can preach a message to impress you. We can hold events here as a church to tell people how good we are. And, and, and what that means, we're striving for man's approval, not God's approval. Or we can preach messages that glorify Jesus Christ. We can do events that lift his name high. And he promised that if we do that, he will draw all men unto himself. That's what this is about. The motive of our goals must be to honor God, not honor ourselves. Because one, God has more invested into you than you do. God has more invested into this church than anyone else here. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this, you are not your own. You don't belong to you. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor him with who you are. Honor him with your motives. You were bought with a price. Number three, choose goals that need God's help to accomplish. And this is the fun part about it, that God invites us to live the supernatural life. We are living in the natural world. This is what we see. Listen, all of us have, we can write goals that we, in the natural, we're struggling. But as you begin to lean into God, he becomes from a natural place to a supernatural. All of a sudden, you, you are doing things that are beyond what you can do yourself. And this is the whole beauty in the reality. That God wants to be involved he wants to be involved in what you're doing. He wants to, to move you along to your goals. And so your goals need to be something that only God can do for you. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. God wants to be involved in what he has for you in 2019. You might say, Jason, I, I am in the most impossible situation. I, I can't. I, Jason, you don't understand. I'm so far in debt. My marriage is so upside down. I'm so stressed out. My anxiety level is higher than it's ever been. I'm really struggling to get off these pain medicines. I, Jason, you don't understand. Here's the reality. You don't understand. You don't understand of God's love and his passion for you. 
of his care for you. He knows it's impossible. But here's the, here's the kicker. Matthew 19, 26. You're right. You're right. If you're going to do it by yourself, it's impossible. The goals that you set out, you think, I, I'm, oh, I, I can't do this by me. You're right, you can't. But with God, <laughs> all things are possible. Amen. All things. Whatever, whatever you need to put in here for this word, all, you just go for it. But with God, my health can turn around. But with God, my marriage can be healed. But with God, the unforgiveness I'm carrying from the abuse of my past, it's possible. God wants us, he invites us, choose goals that need his help. And when you choose them, the reality is this, you know in your, in your heart that it is only God who will be able to do this. It is only through the spirit of God. It is only through the word of God. It's only through God partnering with you to come along and say, listen, listen, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to walk with you in this. I'm going to help you to become what God, what I have called you to become. When's the last time you sat down and you actually dreamed, you dreamt? When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you said, you know what? I've stopped living by faith. Man, I need to start living by faith. When's the last time you wrote something down as, 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 as like, God, I'm believing you to do this in my life. So many times we get so busy that we forget that God's inviting us into a different world. He's inviting us to just to be, to be inter interacting with him. He's inviting us to push our own boundaries forward. That's what he's inviting us to do. And I believe that God, as you leave this place today and you begin to write down your goals, you begin to articulate what God is saying to you and in you, what God is doing through you, when you begin to, to write things down and, and say, God, uh, this seems impossible, but God, I'm going to believe that you're going to do it. You're going to, to release it. God, you're going to make a way. As you begin to do that, you're going to feel God's faith rise up inside of you. And God's going to do something fresh and new in your life. Amen. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.